Welcome to the Work Minus Podcast. We talk about what we need to drop from the way we think about work and what we need to replace it with to be prepared for the future. Go to workminus.com to see a transcript of this episode, more podcasts, articles, and a newsletter that connects you to the best ideas about work. All right, enjoy the show. Well, welcome back to Work Minus. Today, our guest is Cheryl Kerrigan. She's the VP of People at Blue Cat Networks. And this episode, we're going to call Work Minus Therapy. Hi, Cheryl. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. And I'm, I'm very excited to talk to you today because we're talking about mental health in the workplace, which is a huge topic. And we're, there's a lot to cover today. But I want you to start with just a little bit of a background of who you are and tell us a little bit about Blue Cat Networks. Sure. Uh, so I'm the VP of people here at Blue Cat. I've been here four years. Uh, we are a global company with employees uh, all across the US, in Canada, uh, Europe, uh, Mexico. So a very distributed workforce. Um, Blue Cat is a technology company that focuses on network security um, and helping our clients with uh, transformations into the cloud. So um, it's been, we've been around for 18 years and, and we're a high growth company and very much um, uh, growing rapidly. So uh, lots of things that we are uh, focused on. Yeah. So let's dive into mental health. Tell us about from your perspective where you sit as a people director for a larger organization. What is your perception of where mental health is today versus maybe where it was 20 years ago? Yeah, great question. So I think I think that um, we are starting to get a lot more comfortable talking about mental health in the workforce. Uh, I've just noticed even an uptick in having um, conversations in the last five years. I think, you know, 20 years ago, it was still very much a stigma. You didn't talk about whether you uh, felt comfortable coming to work. Uh, you definitely didn't want anyone at work to know if you were suffering from mental health. I don't think it's actually widely accepted yet, but I think we're starting to see a lot more acceptance, a lot more companies focused on making sure that employees can bring their full self to work. Um, and that's everything from, you know, the, the stresses that uh, are going on at home. And, and if you're not feeling yourself today, being able to talk about that. So I think we're, there's a lot more acceptance or at least a lot more um, conversations starting to happen than 20 years ago. Yeah. But you still feel like there is still a stigma there around somebody who comes out and says, I'm really struggling with this. Yeah, I think I honestly think it's because people really don't know how to handle it. Um, you know, I I remember I'm going to date myself 20 years ago when when someone said that they needed to go to the doctor because they weren't feeling well, you'd ask for a doctor's note and that's it. So uh, but now people are expecting a lot more um um, empathy and support in the workforce. And I think that's why it's starting to change. Um, I also was just reading an article about the fact that um, mental health um, issues are starting to pop up a lot more in younger folk than they were 20 years ago. So I think just that combination of that it's more um, it's more pervasive in today's society is making us have to have those conversations at work. Yeah. Just, it's maybe a hard question to answer. And just where you're sitting in Toronto, do you, do you feel like this the issue of mental health has, has become more prevalent across society in general? Or do you feel like we're just more open about it? We're just talking about it more and more people are aware of it? Yeah, I think, I think it's hard to pinpoint it. I think, um, I, again, I think that just due to the emergence of social media, people aren't as connected as they used to be. They're having to, you know, they, they spend a lot of their time on their phones and not actually physically connecting with other humans. I think that has actually created an uptick in mental health issues. But I also think that um, it's, 
you know, there's still very much a stigma around it, but people are demanding that the conversations uh, um, happen and they're a little bit more open. So I'm not sure, you know, which is higher, but I think that, that, that those two things coupled together are making uh, conversations occur. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting you say, you know, the fact that we're spending less time with other human beings, like in the same physical space, is actually making that harder. And because we think, you know, social networks are a ways to connect with people, but they often prevent that. Well, just even the nature, even the nature of work, you know, we we're connected. We're not fit, all sitting in physical um, environments. We we work in global, distributed, at home by ourselves. So, really, the only connection that you're having to humans is through a computer. Like you don't still have you don't have that you know water cooler work because of the way the nature of work is happening, especially in tech companies. Yeah. Well, tell us about your setup. How much of your team is remote, just totally by themselves? Yeah. That's uh, so half. Half of our employees are remote. I hadn't really thought about the mental effects of being at home. You know, there's a lot of benefits to that. You can relieve a lot of stress and anxiety that comes along with it. But you do limit that interaction with other people, which maybe is is a way to to improve mental health. So what's been your strategy in terms of, or even observations between those of remote workers versus those who are in a location? So we spend a lot of time actually training our leaders on how to manage um, remote workers. It's not something, again, that is that natural to people. So we spend a lot of time um, teaching them about, you know, that when you're having a call, make sure it's a video call. So you're actually connecting and seeing someone. Otherwise, you know, sometimes those employees, the only connection that they're having is through uh, calls. So really trying to personalize it with with seeing people's faces is one of the things. Um, making sure that regular one-on-ones are happening that and that they're really kept in the calendar. It's easy as we all go into our um, weekly work to to maybe skip a one-on-one, but that connection with especially remote workers are is often the only connection they have with their leaders or their employees. So really, really making sure that that's a priority and it's not something that's missed um, is another connection. We also make sure that we are um, bringing people in. So w- once a year, we schedule um, what we call Blue Cat Kickoff, and we fly everyone across the company um, to spend three days together, really just um, you know helping to form those relationships, those connections, alignment to the organization, so that there's something to look forward to. Um, and wherever possible, we do regional events on a quarterly basis, so our sales teams getting together on a quarterly basis, and really trying to, to again, drive those connections and form those relationships, so that when they are um, not you know together, that they still at least have a connection. Yeah, I want to get into this from a different angle that I was hoping to get to later, actually. But even from a manager's perspective, when you're managing remote workers, a lot of times when you're wanting to pick up on somebody's mental health feel, it's difficult to do just in the transactions of work. You know, somebody's giving you work to do, you're reviewing it, you're, you're maybe right. talking about work. It's often when people really pick up, hey, maybe this person's really struggling. It's in those other interactions. You just see them throughout the day or, or some you pick up on things that are going through. So that would also make it much more difficult to to identify when a remote worker is struggling with these things, right? Definitely. That's why, again, going back to those, um, making sure that you're having the, the at least a weekly check-in, if not more frequently, that that um, employees feel that they can, 
you know, call their manager when needed. Um, really trying to form those relationships and making it okay, uh, I think is, uh, it, it does it does take more effort. Uh, you're right than just, you know, seeing someone in the hallway and, and, and looking at their face and, or, or, or something about their demeanor that may not be what you're used to. Those connection points with especially remote workers, it, that's why you have to be almost um, holding uh, more frequent communication with the employees that aren't in your office. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, the best way you can support us is to leave a review in your favorite podcast app. Or better yet, start a conversation with a friend about how you think we can make work better. Thanks. I want to come back to a phrase you mentioned talking about bringing your full self to work. I feel like probably when we think about television dramas of, of old, uh, of work, it was like, if you had a mental issue, that's a personal thing. Like you, yeah. you kind of keep that to yourself, deal with that on your own time. But it's really hard to isolate where mental health starts and stops. And these days, it, it's totally spilled over everywhere. And like you said, it's, it's something people deal with at work. It comes out at work. Um, there's all sorts of things. So what's been, especially your company with, with Blue Cat, how, what's been your response to that? Because I think some companies would say, look, like this is not our deal. Like They're having family issues. They're having these other things. That's not our responsibility versus, no, we care for the whole person that goes through. So what's been your journey in that? Yeah. So I think, you know, especially again in tech, we have a war for talent going on. So we, we spend uh, so much time trying to recruit talent to our company. And then when they get here, it's our responsibility to really work with them, to retain them, to give them a great employee experience. So, um, you know, having that sort of lens that once... Your, your employees are how work gets done. So that is like your most important resource, if you will. And I hate calling it a resource, but that's like really what your focus should be. So I think um, given the fact that we're in um, a tech sector where talent is very transactional and you want to create a great employee experience. So under, having that understanding that, you know, with with the most brilliant people, sometimes sometimes things happen and you have to have that um, understanding. So that's kind of our lens, how we look at it. But the second point that we do is that we've actually invested um, in some mental health training. And I think this is becoming a lot more common in workforces just again in the last couple of years. So um, we we sent our employees, we sent about 12 of our employees to what we call the men, well, what was called a mental health first aid training. And we very purposely did it for those employees that um, they're, not all of them are managers, some of them are, but not all of them are managers. Um, and we really wanted to give give the people that were interested in helping others. So it came from somewhere they were already interested in doing it. So we weren't forcing our, you know, people that maybe weren't as interested in doing this. So we started with a group of 12. That group of 12 has then taken on um, monthly lunch and learns where they talk about different um, mental health issues in the workforce. And it's, again, not mandatory for employees to come, but we're offering that once a, once a month, come and have your lunch. We'll talk about some things that are going on. Sometimes it's stress. Um, because we're close to the holidays right now, we're, we're running one tomorrow, just about that extra um, financial burden that and, and stress that the holidays can bring out in people. So just acknowledging that. So that's what we've done. And then our next step, because that's actually had such a good response and people are interested in it. Now we're going to our managers and saying, hey, would you like to to learn more about mental health and how to deal with it with your employees? And there's been an uptick. But I feel like if we hadn't have started with the employees that really, really cared about it and had an interest and tried to um, go right to our managers, it might not have had the same um, 
the same success. So it, it's really started off as a journey and we keep doing things just little at a time to, to make sure the conversations are happening and that employees feel comfortable bringing their whole self. So that's been a real, um, real turning point for us. Yeah. And that first aid course, was that with Jonathan Melissa? Yeah, it was. Yeah. They, uh, so they, it was at their, um, at their training facility. They didn't actually run it. They had, they brought someone else in to do it. Yeah, no, it's, it's great to, to hear that those things are out there. And I like the idea of first aid, um, because yeah. if we, we think of managers as therapists, like with all the other things they need to do, that, that yeah. seems like a, an extra thing to really deal deeply with these issues is difficult. But if you know just the basics, you know, how to identify when somebody is really hurting, those are the big things. Can you give us some other ideas about what's covered in first aid for mental health? Yeah. So it's really, it's really about recognizing those signs and really about how to, and how to speak to someone when they may not be um, having the best day. So it's, it's again, just, just making sure that they are also. um, So the whole idea of you, you mentioned managers as a therapist. We're not trying to make managers into therapists. We're really just trying to give them the information to say, Hey, looks like something's going on with you. Here's some other resources. Here's some professionals you can go to or just to spot the signs. Because again, like you don't want to necessarily be having your manager if they're not trained on how to deal with mental health um, issues. So it's really about having the conversation and then giving them the tools to say, it's okay. I see you. I empathize with you. It's really driving empathy. That's what we're trying to do here. Um, And and having those conversations where people feel safe um, to have to to be able to talk about what's really going on and not have to hide it. Um, so that's what we've spent a lot of time doing. Yeah, and I like the driving empathy part. And I think it's the more prevalent mental health issues become, perhaps the more easier they become because, I mean, all of us either are dealing with it ourselves or have a very close family member that's dealing with it or a very close friend. And so you, you recognize that this is not just like some strange thing that's going on to somebody else, but you, you can see that. Well, it was incredible. Um, that's a, a great point that you make. So when when we started this mental health first aid training and we started doing the lunch and learns and people started sharing their stories, just that sharing of, and again, like you said, it might not be about them personally, but they know someone. This mental health is not something that only happens to, you know, one or two people. It's, it's rampant. And so being able to talk about those and driving connections and making, and, and just saying, okay, yeah, this is a real thing. And this is what people are dealing with. Um, that sharing of information was probably the most powerful thing that we did here because uh, you start having those conversations and then and there was not one person in that room that mental health hasn't touched them somehow or uh, some way. What are some things that at Blue Cat, I'm just wondering, because identifying mental health is a big thing, but sometimes work can be the cause of, of bad mental health and some systems that are there. Or have there been any changes that you or other companies that you've seen have taken to really kind of calm the anxiety, calm the stress around you, that even as a matter of policy that you've taken up because you're trying to improve the mental health of your employees? Yeah, you know what? Um, I find that trying to write a policy to deal with all of the different things that could possibly happen to someone is super tough. But uh, so I'm mostly what what we mostly do here at Blue Cat and what I um, propose is that your understanding you're able to spot the signs. So your employees, you know, that used to be volunteering for things, maybe they're, maybe they're disappearing a bit and and you have to have the confidence and the, um, 
the the empathy again to ask what's going on. And I think we often don't want to deal with those hard conversations. It just becomes something that people kind of shy away from. It's like, oh, they'll get better on their own or, or they'll figure it out. But I think if you um, deal with it in the moment, so um, and and really start to say like, I see you and I feel you and and I and I. I, I don't think that you're having the best day. That's where we've spent a lot of our time. So we actually partnered. Um, there's a, a com- uh, an organization in Toronto, Toronto called CAMH, and they ran a cam- campaign called Not Myself Today. So we have these buttons that um, that are at our front desk, at our reception. So when people walk in, you know, some of the buttons say tired or stressed or happy or joyful. And it's really about like, just, um, we, we kind of tried to make it fun. So you can put a button on and people can see what you're feeling that day. And that's not the only thing, but just again, having these little bit of tools and resources to talk about how people are actually feeling, um, has really helped us. So we, we, there's still more to do. Um, and, and we have done wellness weeks where people talk about, you know, not just their mental health, but their physical health, their financial health. So again, giving them, um, giving our employees the ability to take care of things while at work and making those conversations, um, happen here because that's where the stress comes from or you know the anxiety can come from that because they don't have enough time in the day because they're working and then they still have to go deal with these other things so giving them exposure to lunch and learns about um, mindfulness or lunch and learns about financial health has has also helped us what do you feel like tend to be the major causes of stress and, and mental health issues among your team? Does it come from work-related issues or from financial-related issues or family or? A, a variety of reasons. That's it. Like it, it could be, I think that often it, it's, it's from just whatever's triggering them. So it, a, a lot of the times we, you know, in today's society, we're trying to keep up with other people. And I mentioned the whole idea of social media, like that's, you know, seeing all of these things all over Instagram and, and seeing how other people uh, portray themselves, mm-hmm. that causes stress. Like yeah. people want to, you know, they want to be able to live that perfect uh, life. And that's not realistic. You know, 20 years ago, we didn't have that pressure because it wasn't in our faces every day. You might've tried to keep up with your neighbors, but it wasn't so prevalent. Um, and I, so I think a lot of that, especially in our young people, that's where they're, where they're getting that idea of what a perfect life is. Yeah. Um, and trying to maintain that image. So I think that that has something to do with it. And I think that stems from it. Just like, again, trying to project that perfect person, which no one is. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I don't have data to back it up, but I I think I've seen other things that say this, especially Generation Z coming in, very new people. Like, I think this generation struggles a lot with mental health. I feel like they're very aware that they struggle with it and they're even aware of the causes of it, but they often don't have the tools to know how to deal with it. Right. And it's, and it's different once you get into a work environment where maybe you're not, you're not supposed to talk about that. So I think, again, I think we're going to see a massive shift in the next 20 years about this is just the way uh, businesses have to conduct themselves to get the, to, to employ the people. It, you'll see more um, focus on wellness initiatives, mental health um, uh, awareness and training. I think it's just, you know, we're, we're getting there, but, uh, but I'm hopeful that in 20 years, we won't be having to talk about this. It will just be a, what it is. 
Yeah, and, and that's the theme of our show. We're, we're talking about the future of work, but we're talking about the good future of work, like the good version that's out there, that if we make these changes now, we'll, we'll get to that place. So give us just your picture of, let's say we're 20 years, 30 years out in the future. If we make good decisions now, what do you feel like a company that really addresses the, the best mental health side of their employees, what would they be doing? What are some, some very forward-thinking things you think are coming down the line? What would that look like? Yeah. I think, you know what, I think that there will be, um, uh, you know, people, instead of people having to go on stress leave or short-term disability, like they're not going to have to hopefully get to that point that they'll have the support system and the ability to manage themselves through whatever means medication. And, and that just, it, that stress will be taken away. So you'll just, you know, work alongside people that, maybe have some mental health issues, but it's not, it's not a thing where they have to disappear or hide from it. It's just, you know, it's, it's something that's just dealt with and you have um, the programs within the, the workforce to be able to care for that. So I'd love to see like a removal of long-term disability plans because you don't need it. Mm. Uh, Because often what I see, you know, just sitting in my seat, when when people go on short-term disability, it's often due to stress. It's something that just, you know, it's not usually like, again, if there's medical issues, but most of the time it's through, it's because of stress. And most of the time it's something that had happened, has happened at work. Mm. So I would just like to see a removal of stress-related, um, disability claims um, in the workforce. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be cool. And I think you, you've hit it right on the head that stress is the key to everything. That if, if we can find ways to reduce that stress in, in families and in, in financial situations at work, and even in, in the products that we produce as companies, like is, is what we're producing specifically as technology companies, is what we're producing adding more stress? Are we are we contributing to this this idea that somebody out there is always doing better and more work, or are we constantly pinging people with distractions and notifications with our technology, or does our technology actually help people de-stress and just kind of focus in on that work? Yeah, and driving that connection, I, I really really believe in that human. You know, we, we there's lots of talk about how everything is moving to artificial intelligence, but that lack that communion that the human connection and empathy piece, it's just so important. So really um, teaching employees, managers, um, everyone to have that real empathy and connection, I think is it, it can only um, help to improve everything we just spoke about. Yeah, you just sparked a question for me. Do you imagine that it's possible for an artificial intelligence to be able to spot mental health issues in an employee better than a human could? Uh, not like Not a great human, but like... That's a great question. I, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I, I, you know what I, I possibly, um, but yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, I, I just think, I think it, maybe they could, they could, it could spot like some of the triggers potentially, but I just, I, I worry about the fact that everything's going to automation. I still think there's that, you know, as humans, we still need that connection to to other people but but i can totally see something like slack puts up something that says like it, it sounds like you could use a, a day off or it sounds like like you should re- check out these resources be based on the algorithm of, of everything that i'm typing into it right yeah i know you know what i think i don't think anything's impossible and i think that honestly prevention um is where we want to get to we don't want to be you know it, 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 learning to spot the signs the triggers and preventing them that's that can only be helpful. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's where we are. I think we're just now finally dealing with the issues and starting yeah. to address them, let alone starting to look at prevention. But at least we're recognizing, hey, this is an issue. As companies, and maybe it is our fault. I don't know. It might be, but it's but at least our responsibility to to respond to that and say these people are are here with us and we need to take care of them for that. So this is this is the starting point. Let's see where we go from here, right? I agree. Great. Cheryl, it's been great to talk to you about this issue. I, I really learned a lot from it. And I'm excited what you guys are doing at Blue Cat. And I hope that other companies can take it seriously too and can all move towards a better future. So thanks a lot for coming on and sharing your insights. Thank you so much, Neil. Hey, if you're the kind of person who listens to the very end, you must be a fan. Now we are building a team of people who really love what we're talking about and want to go deeper. If you want to interact with guests, drive the content of Work Minus and give feedback on our work before it goes public, send an email to neil at workminus.com. It's N-E-I-L at workminus.com and I'll get you connected.